Zanger, 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 Zanger. Pretty sure that sounds familiar. Well, you made it. You're here. Welcome to the Offcast. So, I'm going to start off with the usual things. All the opinions that get expressed here are only the opinions of those who are featured. And anything that is expressed by me is solely an opinion of myself. Alright? I thank you so much for your support. Let us offcast. An ever-changing world means ever-changing dynamics. But what about dynamics that don't change? Sonia Palazzi and I wrap up this series about equal footing in various industries, as well as the world in general, with a look into new paths that can be paved. Spaces like technology and civil society form a backdrop for our conclusion about the evolving role of women in today's society. Now let's go. So just going back to you and like, yeah, I'm sure you like, oh, she's back to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's fine. I mean, you've been, you've been in corporate, right? And you're in the space that you're in now, right? You spoke about patriarchy, misogyny, things like that, right? Where do you feel like it was worse, right? Was it worse in the corporate environment that you were in? Or do you feel like you get instances of it even now? Oh, yeah, I definitely, you know what, I, uh, it's a very difficult question to answer because um, I do experience it now and Mm. I appreciate my current um, colleagues and Mm. certainly those who have, uh, who who employ me and and they are men who employ, who who I Mm. work for or work with. And I do feel like... um, in civil society, there is a very difficult conversation about this because I think too often people in civil society, especially men, feel like mm. they've done all the work. Mm. And what mm. we really need to understand about challenging patriarchy and challenging orthodoxies in that way is that this is even race work, mm. right? Like white people have to do race work. They have to understand that it's constant. It's a constant learning process. It's never Mm. going to be an end point. You'll never Mm. reach a point as, for example, a white man where you'll feel like, oh, I, you know, I know how to interact with other black people. I know my privilege. You know, this is, will always be a continual thing that we will always have to learn. Even me as a black woman, I'm constantly Mm. learning about my own privilege and about my own, um, advantages in certain ways and i do feel like in civil society it takes on a very particular shape when people Mm -hmm. kind of feel like oh this is my work Mm -hmm. um you know i'm involved in advocacy and activism i don't really need to do that and i don't really Mm -hmm. you know you can't accuse me of being racist you can't accuse me of being misogynist in that way um and so that arrogance really does get in the way in civil society but overall, I do feel like it is a lot better than corporate. Mm-hmm. I do find that in corporate, because it's so rigid and because it's so, because it thrives on silence, mm-hmm. really. Um, people don't feel empowered enough. Women in particular don't feel empowered enough. And black people, actually. Yeah. I've interacted with a lot of black people in corporate who are just like, holy crap. What do yeah. I do? How do I, you know, confront my racist boss? How do I, you know, tell him that what he said was offensive? Yeah. Um, and I do feel like 
silence thrive is thrives in, in in the private sector because it's so rigid because people because also it's overwhelmingly white white mm. male too um and so power is not you don't have the power to it's not on your side you don't have the power to say anything and really get anything done and i found that mm. really difficult while working in corporate i found it very difficult to confront my male boss and say listen you know the thing that you said really offended me that that sexual innuendo you made was yes. really offensive yeah. Yeah. um because you're really afraid of number one, will I still have my job? It's very easy to lose your job in, in the corporate world, mm. um, uh, regardless of what people say. Like, mm. and you know for sure that these men, because they haven't done any work at all, they have no idea what the, what race work looks like. Mm. They have not educated themselves on what even misogyny is. They haven't done mm. any of that work. They get instantly offended and defensive when you when you say something that that challenges their beliefs their core beliefs um as men or as white men or as white people Mm. and so it's a very tricky space to navigate and i often find found that that silenced me and i've Mm -hmm. also seen like you know in the private sector how when black people do say something next day you are reassigned to another you know you know, another unit or you yeah. reassign somewhere else or you go to Rustenburg in my case. Like these are real things that happen to you when you speak out. Um, and um, that hasn't happened yet to me in civil society. Mm. Hey, and let's hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm sure Dude. it won't. <laughs> Dude. But you know what? I've mm-hmm. had to also learn how to find my voice. Um, And I don't know, you know, in in the private sector, I didn't find my voice. I was way too afraid. And Mm. now um, everyone around me, especially the women around me that I work with, are very vocal and are very, you know, they Mm. won't take anyone's crap. Mm. Um, And they will say when something offends them, when something is racist or misogynist, they will call it out there and then. and, And I'm actually only learning how to do that now mm. um and so far when i have done it i haven't received like a major backlash in fact it's invited it's accepted as something that needs to be done something you know you you, you have to start the conversation somehow unfortunately and unfortunately mm. that puts the burden on women to say it and, and that can be exhausting it can yeah. be exhausting to be in spaces where you're constantly having to navigate and to tell people like what you're saying is offensive what you're saying that minimizes me as a human as a person um but yeah at the end of the day these things do have to be said does our specific context, and I'm up context, and I'm speaking specifically about South Africa, right? Um, mm. As a country, are we mature enough? Number one, and also, are we um, um, are we able to multitask enough to focus on mul- <laughs> mul- <laughs> to focus on multiple social issues? Because oftentimes, what happens is that today or this week we're all about gender-based violence and then next week we're all about uh-huh. you know racial injustices and then the following week um uh-huh. you know we're all about electricity supply right and, yeah. and what we really should be able to do and should be ready to do is to deal with all these problems on an equal basis now are uh-huh. we ready to do that ma'am what do you think 
No. Mm-hmm. And why <laughs> I not? don't think that the state in South Africa has the capacity to do it. Mm. Um, and But I do feel like they have the potential to do it. Mm. And, um, and it's such an, an unfortunate thing to say because, um, as you say, we do have multiple problems. Um, but policy coordination is a real thing. There mm. are ways of making sure that... I do feel like policy co- coordination is a huge problem in, in, in this country. Mm. On the one hand, for example, this COVID um, response to... Yeah. Um, or the economic response to COVID, mm. right? On the one hand, you're opening the economy, right? Mm. And on the other hand, this other department is closing down the schools. So what happens when a woman has to go to work, but her child is still at school? Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we are, are not thinking cohesively and coherently in a way that yes. um, the policies align with each other. And I do mm. feel like that there is space to do that. Um, But capacity-wise, no, I don't feel like we have done it effectively. I don't feel like the state in its current form um, can adequately deal with with the multiple issues at a time. And as you say, it really feels like issues like gender-based violence, they come and go, right? So last year... Yeah, and then, then... then Ramaphosa throws one billion, and then we kind of keep quiet, yeah. and then it happens again and again and until mm. this outrage. Mm. And what happens? He throws more money, but we are not yes. actively dealing with the issues, yes. um, and we're not actively having this conversation. And I mm. wonder if government's actually having this conversation in their own circles. Exactly. What structurally, systemically needs to happen yes. for for these issues to not keep resurfacing? Exactly. Um, what are we not looking at here? What yeah. are we not seeing? I, I don't feel like that conversation has been had, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad you get what I'm saying because it's it's so, it's actually a very depressing, sobering thing to observe, especially mm-hmm. when you observe it from, you know, the lens of social media, right? Um, and I think actually social media is the worst in terms of these things because, I mean, for a week, uh, everyone's going to change their profile pictures to someone who, who was murdered that week and they're going to mm-hmm. be protest, protesting on the streets and organizing something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, something will happen. They'll forget about it the next week. Exactly. Um, they're going to be talking about uh, going to ESCOM to protest about um, the inconsistencies yep. in electricity supply, right? Um, and it's just mm-hmm. like, and then you forget about the gender-based violence. You forget about those yes. things, right? And then as a result, also the government departments also, they just leave it, right? What is the Ministry mm-hmm. of, um, what is it called? The women. M- Ministry of Women and Social Development and all of that. What are they saying? What campaigns have they mm-hmm. started? What ongoing um, movements do they have, right? We yep. don't know about those things, right? They only come up when things escalate. And you know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> es- escalation shouldn't be the sole reason for you to actually act. We shouldn't be so reactive. Well, yep. You get what I'm saying? I get it. I completely understand that. And it's one of the issues that we've had to kind of contend with um, in my in my work personally. Like, mm. oh my God, it's so frustrating. It's like, <laughs> we are seeing things. Mm. Here, Here is the problem, right? Yes. And no one is doing anything about it. ISCOM, yes. for example, like yes. it's now, you know? Yeah. Last last thing we heard about ESCOM was that it was going to be unbundled into those into the three things. Then yeah. there's silence. Exactly. Next thing we're going to know, there's going to be more load shedding. Next thing yeah. we know, we don't know what will happen, exactly. but we do know that things will only escalate until 
someone will step in and either bail them out or mm. you know you know step in and do something exactly. but that's not what we need we need exactly. proactive um government intervention yes. that literally sees these things not as they happen but before they happen exactly. <laughs> yeah jeez oh, now it's uh, it's frustrating it's you're really frustrating i'm sorry that i frustrated you even now i can hear that you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're ready to pull out your hair <laughs> yeah All right. Now the And it really makes me wonder if you'll ever get to the bottom of it honestly. Mm. I mean, it it varies on the, depending on the day. Like some days I feel hopeful, mm-hmm. other days I'm just like holy crap, like what are mm. we even doing here? What mm. are we even especially with gender-based violence? It really mm. feels like it's all up in the air. Nothing yes. really is being done to address this huge huge problem in this country. And mm. it's a huge huge social it is really affecting the social fabric of our our society in very real and palpable ways especially for women who have to you know go out into the world that is actually very violent yes and to think that people in power are not in any way doing anything substantive mm. about that is disheartening mm. 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 truly 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 mm. truly on that thought right and maybe i'll start to wrap it up Um there are two industries that I'm really excited about. Okay, one is an industry, mm. one is more of a space, right? The first mm. is technology, okay? Oh yeah. Um and then secondly, it's something we've been speaking about the whole time, which is civil society, but I want to extend mm. I want to extend that to, you know, traditional um government leadership, you know, being a a civil servant, right? Um mm. that kind of thing. So bearing in mind the direction that these two spaces have been in at the moment and where they are likely to go especially when you see how technology is growing so much you look at amazon you look at apple you know you look you, you look at all these apps that are coming up every day right and then as well as the robustness of these youth movements in politics right um you know to fight to fight yeah. against everything right so my my question that i want to pose to you is these two very different spaces right um what role do you see young women playing in the future as um, as well as the women now like how are those spaces going to evolve you know with women involved yo you know for tech i do mm-hmm. feel like it's a very exciting space as you say and mm-hmm. you know things are moving quickly mm. quickly quickly in that space mm. um and i just read an article today about fyr and how in many ways the fourth industrial revolution mm. will actually increase the digital divide um mm. between the haves and have nots on mm-hmm. one end but also women mm. right women because we don't have access to basic things like cell phones or wi-fi connection or 5g or whatever people are yeah. calling it nowadays yeah. like It, it's very difficult to improve your skills in that area and become mm. like like a Steve Jobs in that area. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, I do feel like we need to. The tech industry has to be regulated in certain ways. So mm-hmm. you brought up um, Amazon, and we just found out that this dude Bezos um, is making like almost two trillion, the size of mm. economies. Um, and what does that mean about general inequality <laughs> yeah. in the world? What does that mean about the fact that you know Amazon is not Amazon and Facebook and all these huge tech companies are not yeah. being taxed and are not contributing yeah. to 
and yeah, and are contributing mm. to um, to the state um, and to basic development in in the country. Mm. And I do feel like South Africa is quite behind. Yeah. There are huge technology developments happening all over the world. I mean, in Germany already, they're thinking about um, the green economy and how we can incorporate technology in that space in certain ways. You know, they're talking about the Internet of Things, about electricity being run through the Internet, um, about train stations being run through the Internet in certain ways. Like, mm. it's going very fast and I worry about Africa and I worry about South Africa. I worry about mm. where we'll be in this entire picture. That being said, yes, I do feel like women have a particular role to play, but it is, in my opinion, the state's role in making sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that women have access to internet, we're making sure that women have access to tech, um, tech education, yeah. um, tech, just general, yeah, yeah, mm. so that they can also be immersed, so that they can also be on an equal footing mm. to, you know, other countries that are really pioneering in this work um, in, in various ways. Um, and sorry, I forgot you asked about someone else. C- civil society. Civil society, civil society yes. Yeah. Um, Yo, that space, I, fe- I am so in awe of, the younger generation, um, and also very saddened by how, you know, I think COVID has shown us how shit things are about to get um, mm. because of the mistakes of our previous generations. Yes. Um, but seeing the activism and seeing like what's coming out, the alternatives, the anti-capitalist narratives, mm-hmm. the um, very progressive, I mean, the whole abolishing abolishment movement in the US mm. would never, ever, ever, ever have happened um, 10 years ago, for example. Yes. And now it's a real possibility Right, the conversation about universal basic income, about literally giving everyone, every household, money. Yes, you know that's something that capitalist capitalism and capitalist structures have um, have enforced as impossible, as lofty mm. goals, as something that is some that is unachievable, that will make people lazy. But now the narrative is changing. So real alternatives are being foregrounded in very real and palpable ways. And I do feel like it is brought forward by young black women. I do feel like the climate movement, for example, um, is being led by indigenous movements, by black women, even though they are being co-opted by white people and white and white supremacy and that is always something I feel like will always be will always creep in 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 certain ways just by the very nature of the way our societies are structured um you know co-opting movements like the climate movement Mm. um but I do feel like what is emerging now it's been so interesting to see and so inspiring to see is young women protesting young people coming out and saying you know we can do this differently we can and building power around that, right? Yes. I do feel like we have a lot more bargaining power than we did. I mean, not to say that it's a lot, but it's a lot more than it was yeah. years ago. Yeah. And something needs to be said about mm. about the possibilities of change and the possibility of what was once thought as radical as something that is 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 a real option now. Mm. Um, so I'm very excited, as you say, for both these spaces, and I do feel like women can play a key particular role in it. And in fact, they 
neither one of them will be progressive and will be really will champion equity gender equity in certain ways without them yeah we will never get there without them, without their voices, with without their 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 work, um, and yeah, it, we have to see how it goes. Um, but something has to be said about the state's role in 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 kind of making these opportunities available to women in the first place. Hmm. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That- and, it's a changing, exciting yeah. space, you know, and sometimes I feel like I sound too optimistic about the future when no, deep never. down, you know, some mm. days I feel really pessimistic. Mm. But, you know, seeing like the thing, like, I mean, look at AOC in America. Mm. Um, um, she's amazing. She's like 28 and she's really championing Green New Deal, really championing alternatives, mm. right? And th- mm. And that's really what I think women in particular bring to the table it's a the way that you've been doing everything every single thing social economic has been wrong and here are alternatives here are community-based alternatives that we 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 have been practicing um here are communities of practice that we have been engaged in in certain ways um and here's how we can have a better world for all of us Mm. um and and I do feel like tech has a very important role to play in advancing that. It's just a matter of making sure that women have access to that those spaces mm. um, and women are empowered to um, be pioneers in those spaces, which currently I don't feel like is specifically in Africa we have we have done well in enough. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Now, there's definitely work that needs to be done there. Um, I don't know mm. how we're going to do it. Um, I do, Yo, I do yeah. appreciate what you said earlier about us having these dialogues amongst ourselves because that is important. Um, it's mm. the only way we will get things done. And if we, if we keep having these conversations and we keep, um, you know, mobilizing and getting our people around mm-hmm. us to start getting these things happening, then... You know, the sky's the limit. A Maybe. lot can happen, and you're not being yeah. too—you're not being too optimistic when you speak like this, right? Because mm. we need thinking like yours. You know, we need it. It's a reality. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, don't don't uh, play yourself down about that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this... really, there are entire feminist movements and entire eco-feminist movements mm. and feminist economists that mm. are really building power around these alternatives. Um, mm. And I, I do feel a real hope uh, for the future when I'm engaged in those spaces because they do bring alternatives. Um, and... Yeah, and we with the, the powers that be, you know, that really benefit from the current structure, like the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and B Be- and Bezos. What's his name? Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos. Mm. You know, who are benefiting from capitalism, from extraction. Mm. We we need to really rein these people in. Um, because in the current form of like inequalities in the world, global inequalities, um, having a trillionaire is not appropriate. Yeah. It really yeah. isn't appropriate. Yeah. 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 It really only um, works out and, for him and, and no one else. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. After he had a divorce and mm. half of his earnings went to his wife and, and his wife also gave half of her earnings from mm. that divorce away. Mm. That time he is hoarding. It's literally hoarding money. Like, yeah. what can you do with 
two million that you can't two trillion rather that you can't do with one trillion well he's never going to spend all of it in his lifetime and that just shows you right um mm-hmm. how ridiculous it is for him to have amassed so much yep. wealth and his children are going to spend all that money either probably even his great grandchildren will never spend you know he doesn't all, all have money kids does he i don't actually does, doesn't he have one child i think he's got oh, one oh wow let me just check um <laughs> But it just it just drives you know it just drives that point home that okay yeah you know, if he doesn't even yeah children, like what are you the, gonna do with all this money yeah. like exactly. it's time to redistribute yeah. it's time for land redistribution it's exactly. it's time for reparations exactly oh he's actually got four okay wow. whoa uh, I never <laughs> expected that okay <laughs> so he's got four all right but anyway. Still. Anyway, it's not even about Jeff Bezos. Here's my uh, last thought about you all. Um so what is your legacy going to be long after you're gone? <laughs> Dude, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I had to. I had to. I, n- I never give you. You had to ask mm-hmm. me. You know what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but I do want to imagine mm-hmm. um what my legacy will be i i hope that people will remember me as someone who who really questioned and challenged um the status quo in certain ways and mm-hmm. really championed on the one hand women's rights but mm-hmm. black people's rights um mm-hmm. um and the rights of the most marginalized um uh and and as someone who who in any in any way small or big contributed to a new world order and as i said this means redistribution reparations like mm-hmm. i feel like these conversations that were once thought as too big and lofty i i would like to be part of a, a movement that mm-hmm. normalizes these conversations but but really pushes power around real systemic change mm-hmm. and you know i know that that is a huge goal because i've spoken to so many people who have been in the space who have said like it's been 20 years and nothing mm-hmm. has changed particularly like in gender based violence there've been so many women and activists who've been been in the space who say mm-hmm. like this has been like this for ages and we've been championing this for ages mm-hmm. but the legacy remains right the legacy the fact that you you were there that you contributed in certain ways um remains um and so yeah mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to be a part of that. I would I would I would like to in my lifetime see feminist economic justice um uh, in ways that really really sees change mm. that is beneficial for all of us. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Zang zang zang. Nah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> enjoyed that episode remember to comment if you got anything to contribute share the material um, and of course anything that you have to say anything that you want to contribute please feel free to come forward okay get others to subscribe and i appreciate all the support see you next time and we will offcast zang